everyone. This is Shelby. Hello, and this is Jeremy. And we are For Your Plate Only, and we are going to be talking about being native in kitchens off the reservation and kind of get into a little bit of our work experience. Yeah. So go ahead and tell us about yourself, Shelby. All right. So, Yatse, Shea, Shelby Billison, Yanishia, Twitch Eat Nishlin, Ashkala Dene, Bashashin, Sitnajine, Dashiche, Donaka Dene, Dashanela. I am Navajo. I'm Dene. I am born into the Bitterwater clan, born for Mescalero Apache clan. My um, maternal grandfather's clan is the Black Streak wood people clan and my paternal grandfather is a Mexican clan and I'm from Window Rock Arizona I grew up here (laughs) Um, my umbilical cord is buried in Kintlichi Arizona and I am a res kid to the bone I I love it here nice um and you Jeremy me (laughs) um I'm so hello everyone. I'm my name's Jeremy. Um, I am half Zuni and three eighths Laguna and one eighth Isleta. Um, I was born in Ogden, Utah. Um, surprisingly, you guys didn't know that. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't know that. <laughs> I don't think anyone knew that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was born in Ogden, Utah, and yeah, I remember. Yeah, we moved to Phoenix, and I was about. I don't know, four years old, and then we moved to Albuquerque when I was five, and then I just remember moving to Zuni and going to first grade, and I grew up there ever since. Um, went to school in Zuni to about, well, till eighth grade, and then from eighth grade, I went to school in Gallup, New Mexico, at Cathedral, Cathedral High School, and graduated there, and moved straight out of Zuni to Phoenix, where I went to, well, Scottsdale more specifically, where I went to culinary school. And um, my clans are, I'm son of the bear, and my mother is um, lizard clan. Yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, so uh, we are both res kids. We both (laughs) pretty much grew up here. Not in the same area, obviously. I grew up in Wonder Rock and Jeremy grew up in Zuni. But I mean, a lot of, you know, when you talk to other natives and people from other um, tribes, it's it's funny, you know, a lot of our childhoods are pretty much the same or relatable in some oh, way. Yeah, for so, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty cool. Like we relate in a lot of ways, actually, in how we grew up. Yeah, so um, what we wanted to talk about in this episode, or I don't know what you would call it segment, we'll go into that, Um, but we kind of wanted to talk about how both of us being native, you know, I guess how it influenced a lot of different types of feelings and events and things like that that have happened in different types of kitchens that we've worked in so uh a little bit of my backstory i mean i told you guys you know who i am but i didn't really tell you guys like 
the places I've worked. So how did you, um, well, let's start with like, how did you get into culinary growing up, growing up on the reservation, I guess. After high school, I really honestly just, I didn't, I didn't want to go to like a traditional university Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm pretty sure my mom swears that it it happened differently, but honestly, I remember it being this way that I literally saw a Le Cordon Bleu commercials. You remember the the really weird, like cheesy ones? Yeah, they made it look like like, yeah, they made it look like Iron Chef. Yeah, exactly. Real flashy. Yeah, Yeah. I, I I remember seeing the commercials on TV, and I was like, you know, that looks kind of fun. And I've always been the type of person that's been interested in like food and things like that i was already making cakes and things like that for people so i thought like why not go to school for it and learn other different types of techniques and i literally told my mom on a trip down to phoenix i was like um i want to go there (laughs) Uh like (laughs) that's 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 how i remember it happening was i i literally told my mom this is where i want to go um, can I go check out their campus? So we pulled off. Uh, Lake Cordon Bleu had, used to have uh, two separate campuses. You know that. Yeah. And the one that was across from the Giants uh, training stadium, that's the one that I went into. And I ended up talking to, oh gosh, I can't remember the, I can't remember the chef's name. But I went in and I got to see like one of their kitchens and I got to sit down with HR and like, I don't know, it, it, it was, it was odd for me because I've never seen, you know, that type of environment, I guess. So it really intrigued me and that's pretty much how I got started. I started there the, like two weeks after that. So yeah, yeah, yeah very, that's, very fast, huh? that's how I got into culinary. It just <laughs> happened like super quick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I did go to culinary school. I was there for a couple years. Well, I was there for a year and then I did my externship. Um, I was hired at a five-star resort in Idaho, a little town called McCall, Idaho. That was my first job. And then I ended up meeting a really great chef. Um, he, He helped me out a lot. I was able to get another job up further up north in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I moved out to Virginia. Um, I lived in Norfolk for a while, and then I moved uh, to Hampton. Um, so I was there for a while, had a couple of jobs there. And then I moved back here and went to, to uh, CBI in Phoenix. So I've been a few places. Um, worked in a few kitchens different, oh, for those who different don't know, types of kitchens cbi is a uh, camelback in yeah sorry i'm talking to you guys like you should know these acronyms already <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i've been a few places uh that's my work well not super detailed but you kind of get the idea i've worked yeah. in a few places but yeah nice. so what my about what about you like where i know where you i know where you've worked before but i always like hearing your story because I think it's pretty cool the types of kitchens that you worked in because I've I haven't worked in like I don't know if you would call you it would you would call it a like fast food type place but the burger place that you worked in oh yeah yeah (laughs) roller coaster job (laughs) so I'm sorry go ahead and tell me go ahead and tell us where you (laughs) where you've worked Um, 
so where I worked actually like my okay so technically my very first um I guess culinary job was actually I, I used to sell like help sell hot dogs at girly motors in the summertime <laughs> I remember you saying that um, yeah yeah I used to sell hot dogs and I don't know it was uh, I guess what people call easy money <laughs> but um I sold hot dogs <laughs> that was like in high school um I don't know it's pretty cool I guess I see see detail cars on the side there too but um that's going off subject <laughs> and uh you know I was kind of like I was kind of pretty much the same as you um I remember I heard about the culinary school in Scottsdale and yeah I got a brochure from them and you know told my parents this is what I want to do and they're all on board so did you start did you start yeah. culinary school right after high school yeah so actually um so I graduated um May mm-hmm. 2006 mm-hmm. and I was already in culinary school by July uh-huh. like the first of July I remember I had a couple months so, so I graduated like, I graduated in 2011 from Winter Rock High School and then uh I ended up going to Europe for a whole month yeah. for like a trip. And then oh, well. when I came back, my dad was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> did any, did your trip to Europe inspire anything of your, do you think it inspired your culinary? It did. Yeah. It did. Okay, and you know, cool. it's crazy. I like just being back here. Um, I didn't spend that long there, but I was there for a few months and, when I came back, I was like, no, <laughs> food doesn't taste the same. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> my trip to Europe messed up ice cream and pizza for me. Forever. So what, what's the difference <laughs> between pizza there and here? Yeah, maybe we can get into that. Like most um, places in Europe, they use a different type of flour than we use here in the U.S. So even their bread is different. Like just just the way that they make things or experience the the type of vegetation that they have there it's different like the family that i stayed with out there literally grew all of their own veggies and stuff like that in their backyard nice. you know what i mean so yeah. being able to be exposed to that where um like your tomato sauce is made completely fresh doesn't come from a can it's literally from you know maybe like a farm less than an hour away i bet you know what i mean yeah the meat's fresh the cheese is fresh cheese is made there like you know what i mean it's just completely different than here it's not like american pizza isn't the same it's not it's not the same i haven't i haven't had pizza that fresh that good since then and gelato is you can't compare gelato to that's regular what ice cream gelato, <laughs> gelato in europe i'm pretty sure it's not the same as what i've had like in scottsdale or i'm pretty sure you could find some good gelato spots in the u.s different places but um it's just the way that it's made it's it's really good hmm. but yeah anyway so when i got back you know um i had like two weeks like two weeks after i got back from europe i was like i want to go here (laughs) so yeah um so you did go to culinary school right after you got out of high school and then uh, how long were you there really quick you can tell everyone how long you were there in a culinary school yeah uh for about two and a half years almost yeah Mm -hmm. about two and a half years yeah so jeremy has his bachelor's degree um and 
I have a certificate, but hey, you know, I learned on the job. So, I mean, I think everyone who's been to culinary school is pretty much going to tell you the same thing. That they learned more on the job than they did at school. Right? Would you say that too? I think so. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, just a quick example. Like, in culinary school, you learn how to, like, break down an onion. Mm-hmm. And they tell you to cut it a certain way. Yeah. And then, like, when I got a real job, well, like, my first real, like, big kitchen commercial, like, big kitchen mm-hmm. with a bunch of experienced cooks, they, not one person, maybe, okay, also, also, let me put it this way. Not one person cut onions the way they taught you how to cut onions in culinary school. You can tell when people were fresh out of culinary school when they were cutting onions because you were like oh like no one cuts onions like that like <laughs> like that takes too long you know there's other ways to go about it but that's what experience teaches you right and i think how to cut corners pretty, just kidding <laughs> well pretty much but cut corners but also if you can do it i mean i don't see why not if you can not cut a corner but if you can do something easier while getting the same end result but faster i mean that's efficient yeah you know i feel like I feel like culinary school teaches you the bare minimum, like how to hold a knife, you know. Yeah, knife handling skills. <laughs> how not to talk back. Terms, <laughs> you know, terms. and Like I remember in culinary school, they were like, you have to learn how to do this, otherwise you'll never make it. And it's like, Seriously? No. Yeah, like. Um, I don't remember. I, honestly, when I was in culinary school, it was like, I think the hardest thing for me and that slapped me in the face when I finally got to the kitchen was the mass production. See, because and that's they hard. don't teach you that no, in culinary school. No, I don't know. No. They're like, here, they you know, like, here, here, scale out this recipe for one piece, like one loaf of bread. And then when you get to, you know, when you get to your job, it's like, all right, we're going to make like 50 loaves today. Like what? <laughs> You're yeah. going to learn how to use the 80 quart instead of the little five quart that everyone has at home. Like yeah. it's, it's, it is a different, it's a different experience and definitely a culture shock. For sure. Yeah. Like I remember um, like one of the things in culinary school, like, oh, you have to learn these terms like brunoise and like different, what these different knife cuts <laughs> are called. So yeah. you're like studying them, trying to memorize them for your for this test you know, and, then, and, then, and then here you're like you go into the kitchen and you're like okay so how do you want this cut and they're like small, small dice, dice. <laughs> yeah, you're like you mean miracle like what huh you know and you have this guy who's a foreigner who doesn't even know these terms or you know right. like you know because there's all kinds of ethnicity in the kitchen and language so it's like there like, is yeah, just but small one dice. universal thing is yeah small dice large dice grande poquito you know like yeah for real but, that was uh, I think I thought that's really interesting mm-hmm. so for anyone who wants to know about culinary school that's kind of like, at least that was our my experience yeah with culinary school but you do learn a lot anyways um so yeah I went to uh culinary school mm-hmm. like literally like a month after I graduated and then um I think I got my first job that year my first job was at this place what Shelby was talking about earlier um it was called Blue Burger. Blue Burger. Blue B-L-E-U. So, yeah, so if you're in... Where was it at? Scottsdale? Blue Burger. Um, yeah, they were in Scottsdale. I'm not sure if they still <laughs> are. <laughs> if you were in Scottsdale around this time, uh, 2006, 
2006 or se- yeah, or 2006, seven. Like maybe. And you were waiting 30 minutes for a burger. It's because of Jeremy. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> no, that was my for real, that was my first um, culinary job. Man, I remember I was so scared. I like, bet I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. I've never cooked so many burgers for you know for that amount of people, and it it was one of those places. It was like a it was a privately owned, but it was yeah. Uh, like a, they're starting off like to franchise or chain yeah they're starting off like a small chain and they had that was their first location it was located in like north scottsdale and um it was kind of by it was by a chipotle i remember because the chipotle people would come over and we'd trade food for lunch because we would get tired of eating mm-hmm. burgers and vice versa and they'd get tired of eating burritos but i remember um that was a place where we used to get a really big lunch rush and we would cook <laughs> hundreds of burgers mm-hmm. within mostly an hour right but two hours at most um and yeah i think that was the first time i would get like anxiety from cooking i didn't know what it was at the time but man i'd freak out get real sweaty <laughs> you know <laughs> for like lunch rush and stuff and um but i worked with a guy that taught me a lot and um yeah, no, I didn't work there too long though. To be honest with you, um, I didn't like management, and I know this isn't a way to quit a job, but this was the only job I quit this way was I I didn't go back. Hmm. I quit like because I was I didn't like the management there. It was too hostile. I did the same thing. I, I, I just, think I just didn't go. I was like no, but yeah. I, I guess I guess I, at that time I was young and I was too scared. And I didn't know like I didn't want to. I don't want any mm-hmm. confrontation, I guess. Yeah. Anything. So I just kind of like, <laughs> I know it's a big no, no, but yeah, I learned, I learned from that whole situation. That's, that's what you got to do, right? got to, you got to learn from these situations. So yeah, I guess, you know, if you're not happy, then <laughs> you go somewhere where you but are happy. I'm sure. <laughs> but I wasn't the first one to walk out of that kitchen. There, that, when yeah. I was working there, there was like three walkouts. We got to make another episode about just like kitchen, kitchen experience. Yeah, kitchen stories yeah, that'd for be real. Cool. Okay, so after Blue Burger, where did you go? Um, so after Blue Burger, um, after Blue Burger, I got, well, I think I'm, I think <laughs> it's been so long, but <laughs> I worked at this other job. Uh, I got another job at this place called Red Soup Cafe. That was um, very interesting. Red Soup Cafe, that was, again, my second job. And how I got hired there was I was waiting at school in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And this lady came in. She was like, can I talk to you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, we're hiring right now. My husband and I, he has a restaurant. And she was like, I want you to work for us. And she I was some like, randomly yeah, yeah. And I was you? like, what? Like, like, was she watching you or something? I, I don't know. That's what I was wondering. And I was like, what do you, huh? I was like, there's just something about you. She was, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then she was like, you can come by tomorrow, whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, look at the kitchen and meet Takaki. And, and pe- for people who know uh, Scottsdale area, it was right in the heart of Old Town Scottsdale. Um, more specifically, it was right in front of this horse water fountain. Um, in Old Town Scottsdale, there's a horse. It's like a water fountain with a horse in the middle. Is that it's the like one a, on Drinkwater? Yeah, I Boulevard. Think so. or, or a block right below Drinkwater. I th- I think I know what you're talking about. But it was right in there, 
that's where the job was hmm. and she trusts me so much to a point where she, she was like we're looking for one more person but i'll let you choose because i trust your judgment like what really that like, sounds like so it was like desperation it was, but oh for God. me at that time i was like whoa this is cool like someone's looking out for me <laughs> like what the heck because i needed a job you know and that one just was like, okay so <laughs> so i told my roommate i was like hey mm-hmm. this person he was like what no way so anyways we went to go check it out and yeah we started working there nice. basically um dang we were young mm-hmm. again my second job but we were pretty much running that kitchen mm-hmm. that was a whole learning experience itself too right so so you were there for how long um for about a year a year maybe a little more than that but i'm pretty sure it's about a year. no it was about you know it was a year yeah we, because you, i was still in school you know um some of the issues that you ran into there we got to get into too because yeah, i mean again, kitchen, stories. kitchen story yeah. <laughs> okay so after red soup cafe um so now you so have then, what like so a like then, a year and a half yeah yeah, yeah. so i was in school experience? about a year and a half now okay and then um i needed to uh you know, I guess my externship was coming up and um, I remember I was driving by going to school and on my route, I always drove by Camelback Inn and one time or one day they were having a job fair there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, like, I'll go. So I got my portfolio with all my school pictures. And I wish I could find my portfolio with all my pictures. <laughs> and, I don't uh, even know where I put it. And when I, when I did that, I, um, I went to, so I went to the job fair and then I also, so I went to the job fair and, um, yeah, I asked, I was, I was there gung-ho, like super excited, um, and got there and I got oh actually I got interviewed by the executive chef at that time and he asked me you know how much I wanted to get paid I remember I told him 12 an hour and he was like oh okay like yeah yeah we can do that so he was like you can start tomorrow like Mm -hmm. it was like real soon I remember because they were just they had just renovated and I got there and I you know started working and then I found out like in my orientation that I, I was getting paid nine bucks an hour <laughs> but, but I was like hey, I'll take it you know it's, yeah it's a job there's a resort yeah big kitchen and it's okay so and then and I ended up doing my externship there and finishing the school and then yeah and that's not it Jeremy ended up working there for almost 10 years yeah too long no but he worked there for 10 years I did yeah and that's also where we met and that's where I ended up working for the last four years five years so yeah and now we're out of there and we're back in Winter Rock yep and we're trying to start our own business or we're you know in the middle of starting our own business so yeah okay so we have a few questions here that we wanted to answer and um, I'll let you ask the first one Okay, so my my first question was, um, how did growing up on the res help you in the kitchen? How did growing up on the res help me in the kitchen? So, growing up, I feel like gender roles 
were always pushed on us. Oh, that's a good. Um, I don't want to say pushed, but it was expected, I guess. Um, I just remember growing up, all of the men being outside, being put to work, doing like hard labor, things like that, you know. And inside, were always women, my grandmas, my aunties, my mom, and my grandma would get mad at me a lot and she would say things like girl is not supposed to be playing outside with other boys or she'd be saying you're not supposed to be playing with your brothers like that or you know you need to come inside and learn how to cook otherwise you're gonna starve when you get older you know learning how to make bread that's (laughs) that's something that I feel like now like a test right like yeah it's like your final test to see if you're actually no, it's like a test for all women. And I think it's funny because people, um, you know, like even today, people are always joking about um, like new relationships, right? So <laughs> when my brothers get into a relationship, my mom's always like, does she know how to cook? Does she know how to make bread? That type of thing. That type of gender role, you know? And so when I grew up, I was always <laughs> I'm going to say forced. I don't want to say forced, but I'm going to say forced. Um, I was always forced to be in the kitchen, you know, helping my grandma or helping my mom. And I learned how to cook when I was nine, ten. Simple things, learning how to make biscuits, how to make bread, um, how to fry potatoes, you know, small things like that. And <clears throat> when I got older, um, cooking was something that uh I guess it just it's something that I feel like I'm good at you know what I mean and I feel like it was because of how I was raised um, okay because no matter what happens in this life or outside you know in this world people are gonna have to eat right yeah for sure so yeah, and I, um, I feel like that, that those lessons that your parents teach you when you're younger, like I said, you know, different tribes, like we all grow up kind of different, but most of the time it's similar, right? So when we talk about how tough your grandmas are, or your grandpas are on you, you know, that those lessons and those teachings, they stay with you. You know, For sure. get up early, pray before the sun comes up, go run and things like <laughs> don't depend on, don't depend on other people pretty much to That's a good one. do yeah. things for you. Yeah. Like you have to do it yourself, things like that. And I think that's those types of teachings stayed with me all the way up until now. I still, I still look back on those things and, um, yeah. You know, that's interesting, um, like, what you said about gender roles, mm-hmm. because in, you know, me growing up in Zuni, mm-hmm. um, it was like, I like being in the kitchen, so yeah, it's me, you know, and what, what I was thinking about lately, too, is, you know, how young I was when I started getting into cooking. I didn't realize how young I was when I started getting into cooking. But so from as far as I can remember, since I was in like elementary school, I would 
cook little things and if I was hungry like I wouldn't wait for for dinner or lunch if I was hungry like I was like I wasn't intimidated by cooking I'd always just I always try to cook mm-hmm. so me growing up always being in the kitchen you know I now that I'm thinking about it like I always got made fun of because you know men were always supposed to be outside the ones outside chopping wood yeah like you said doing all the hard work when and then but me you know i'm always like oh i want to see what they're doing in the kitchen like how do you do that how do you make this Mm -hmm. so i was like even thanksgiving dinners and stuff i always be in the kitchen you know looking at what my aunties were doing right you know making potato salads and stuff like that um so yeah like it was so i got made fun of like oh you know like in the kitchen with the women and things like that but luckily I didn't let that bother me so I think with that being said too you know dwelling on this question is I think in a way in a sense I guess growing up on the res gave me tough skin (laughs) to go out and when I dealt with people who were like that already knew how to respond yeah or you know, if I needed to respond, you know, I try not to respond, but, you know, if someone's trying to, you know, make fun of you and stuff and you can stop that, I mean, well, you know, like tough skin. So I think that really helped me, like, from the reservation. Yeah. Going, you know, going to kitchens and just big culture shock, too. So. Yeah, it is. It is a big culture shock. And when you talk about having a tough skin you know that is something that I think anybody who if you have worked in culinary like you know that you gotta have a tough skin in the kitchen doesn't matter if you're a woman doesn't matter if you're a guy doesn't matter if you're the youngest one there like there are gonna be really really great days and there are going to be really, really shitty days. Yeah, like, sure. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no in between. It's just, you're either running around, you know, trying to get stuff done or, you know, and that can be like any job really, but it's, it's kind of different, I especially don't... when you're in the kitchen because okay. you're dealing with long okay. hours. Yeah. You're dealing with okay. So I've physical, worked, I've worked in, physical. I've worked in non kitchen jobs. I've worked in an office. I've worked in a few offices before I actually went into culinary. And after, you know, being in a kitchen for the past nine years, like, it's not the same. It's not. And people want to be like, you know, people think, oh, you just play around with cupcakes or cakes all day. Like, (laughs) oh, you must have fun because you you play around with food all day. Like... (laughs) A normal person who's used to nothing but office jobs, I mean, yeah, you get you get stressed, but to be in a high stress environment all the time, constantly and consistently, it's hard on it is hard oh, yeah. on people. It's really hard on yeah, people. Yeah, and if you don't have like a like a strong mental man, you'll it can the kitchen can break you down. It will. It'll I've mess seen, you I've up. I've seen people. <laughs> I've seen quite a few people. Yeah down but mm-hmm. that's what the walk-in's hard. for yeah you gotta go scream <laughs> or cry go into the walk-in for a little yeah, while a, for those who are not in the culinary field so there's a, there's a term go cry in the walk-in line cooks and chefs use yeah like go to walk-in like the walk-in refrigerator where 
it's pretty much a soundproof environment when you're in there so <laughs> like i've caught my chef you know my old chef you know he'd go in there and he'd be in there greedoing you know ah! screaming real loud yeah and you're like oh you all right man he's like yeah I just need to get that out. The chef for my first <laughs> job, when he needed to yell at people, he would take them into the walk-in. Oh, yeah. So yeah. every time you saw the chef going into the walk-in with people, it was our freezer. But every time he would go in there, he would, you, you knew that those people were going to get their asses handed <laughs> to them. Like, you knew. Yeah. Okay. So um, let me ask you this. This is something I think we're going to have to expand on because (laughs) there's no way we can talk about all of the issues we've had while working in kitchens. But what were some of the issues that you've come across while working in kitchens off the reservations? In reservation, I should, I say reservations because I'm talking about both of us, but you know, in regards to culture, people, Racism, discrimination. I think as far as being discriminated against, I I don't think I was. But however, you know, you always hear this term, the reason why you got promoted or whatever, it's because of status quo. Like, oh, they have to pick people of color to be management. So it's diverse. Oh, okay. That kind like of thing. they have to have a certain percentage. Kind of, yeah, of I mean, I don't know, people. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. That kind of thing too. But um, I, I can't say that for sure. But that's one of the jokes that would be going around. What about you? Maybe it's just because I've worked in a few different places. Yeah, maybe because I know I was I was only pretty much <laughs> one kitchen, but different positions though. Yeah. Like as far as like, cause I started off as line cook and I grew with that company. Um, when I left, I was supervisor, mm-hmm. and I was supervisor there for about what five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so half my time there. So, I don't know if you guys have seen our pictures before, but <laughs> Jeremy and I, um, a lot of the times we get mistaken for Mexican. Um, And this has been something that, um, it, it happens to me a lot. (laughs) So, um, you know, regular, not regular, but, um, things like people will try to talk to me in Spanish and I, I, you know, I have to tell them like, I don't speak Spanish. They get mad at me because they think I'm Mexican, but (laughs) (laughs) like you're ashamed of being Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to talk to them in Spanish. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. But okay. So like the first kitchen I worked in, I worked in McCall, Idaho. It's this little town. um, It's like a vacation home town, I guess it's on the lake. Um, It's (laughs) like 99% of that town is white. And literally, like, 1% is probably diverse. Okay. I'm, I, when I lived there, I only saw one black person. There were two Mexican guys. One of their names was Johnny. And I can't remember his brother's name. But we worked together, and they were twins. And then there was me and then one black sous chef. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everyone else was white. 
So when I got there, um, there was this ongoing bet and people were trying to guess my ethnicity and the bet was up to $200 and people were guessing, you know, oh, she's, uh, Ethiopian. Oh, she's Mexican. Oh, she's, uh, Chinese mongolian or you know what i mean like there are all of these guesses and my boss pulled me aside one day and she told me for people who aren't working in kitchens you might think that this is super like bad it is bad i mean yes it is bad but you might be thinking that this is cause for like termination and cause for somebody to go and quit you know, like you might be thinking to yourself, like I would have quit a long time ago. And I understand that because, you know, different ethics in the office workspace versus like a kitchen. But I, I, when we tell you that you need a thick skin in the kitchen, we're serious. Like you need a thick skin in the kitchen. And when I say like, I really wanted to do this as a profession, I didn't care what people thought about me. I didn't care what people yeah, said about yeah, me. Uh, I, wa- I was there yeah. for the food. I was there to learn. I was yeah. there to expand my knowledge in patisserie and all things baking and pastry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my boss comes up to me and she's like, um, she pulls me aside into the walk-in. So people thought she was going to yell at me. But she was like, I need to ask you something. <laughs> like in secret, she's like, I need to ask you something. And I'm like, what? She's like, what's your ethnicity? I looked at her and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you don't know? You don't know what my ethnicity is? And she's like, no. She's like, I really want to win this bet. She was like, so when you walk out of here, make it look like I was mad at you. And I'm like, are you fucking? like, no, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And I told her, I'm Native American. She's like. Oh, she's like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I thought so, but I wasn't going to say it because Johnny swore that you were Mexican. She was like, so put doubt in my mind. I was like, there's really a bet going on right now about my ethnicity. <laughs> wow. That happened to me at my first job within the first couple of weeks that I was working there. And, you know, other, other types of issues. God, we got to go into that like kitchen stories and <laughs> there's too much to talk about seriously but yes I've been I've encountered discrimination racism um, harassment like anything you can think of really like it's pretty much happened and maybe too that the culinary field is still a very male dominated profession and um, for women to be in the kitchen, your skin has to be extra thick. Like, you know, and that's a big culture shock, too. It itself. is. Because think about it. You, as, you know, growing up on the reservation, like you were saying earlier, you know, you're in the kitchen. You're supposed to, like, you're taught, you're supposed to be in the kitchen helping out, making bread, learning how mm-hmm. to make, you know, butcher and all that stuff right yeah and then like me what i was saying earlier you know you're supposed to be you know helping outside doing you know quote unquote like man man work or you know hard labor and stuff Mm -hmm. then you know we go to the city to the kitchen and it's 
almost like it's totally flipped. Yeah. Like, I'm like, whoa, like, there's a bunch of guys in here. Yeah, and there's hardly and women. Where, yeah, where are the right? women? And, you know, the guys are real, like, macho and, you know, well, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I like, you know, I don't know, just real macho place. And I, I can see what you're saying now. It's, like, very male male dominated it is so when you think about you know like if you're listening right now some of the shit jeremy has been through versus some of the shit i've been through it's different it's not going to be the same because he's he's in an environment where other male figures are comfortable expressing themselves you know uh being just just being who they are or um i don't know how you would say it being a guy i don't know i don't want to group all guys in one category but for some reason it seems like a lot of dudes are okay with being super macho in front of other guys you know what i mean yeah but um yeah in other kitchens i've worked in it's it's pretty much a male dominated space except for when i went to virginia um i worked for two females that had their own uh company so um both separate one was black a black owned company and she had a cake um basically a franchise she she started from the ground up and now she's on food network and it's really dope you know but the other lady I worked for <laughs> was literally her, uh, if we were talking like in cartoon, like her arch nemesis. And this lady worked across the water from her. And it was so weird how this all happened. Like I ended up getting a job with this other lady and she's white. Um, ran into a few issues with her and uh, not a few, a lot. She was very racist. And um, I think it's just, there there again culture shock you know people uh coming from lines and of slavery and things like, like that literally I, huh like literally yeah literally we had i had a customer one to this is a kitchen story too but i'll just briefly go into go it ahead, go ahead. i had a guy come in one time I was working and he's like, Hey family. And I'm standing, (laughs) I'm like brand new. You know what I mean? I'm looking at this guy. Like, what do you mean family? Like he's, he's talking like, Oh yeah, I get everything for free here. You didn't know that. And I started laughing because I think this dude's joking with me. Right. He starts grabbing stuff off the shelf. He's like, I want this cupcake, this cupcake. And I'm like, no, I can't do that for you." you. You know, he doesn't look anything like the manager. Mind you, the owner is white, she's southern, and this guy that came in, he's black, and he looks uh, very different, just different, he just looks very different. And I think to myself, like, no, there's no way. (laughs) He's like, oh, they didn't tell you. They didn't tell you. He was like, so your owner i'll just call her pat i won't use her actual name (laughs) he says your owner your owner the owner of this uh big shop pat she used to own my family wow 
And I'm looking at him like, what do you mean by own? Mm-hmm. You know, completely like, like just ignorant, ignorant, yeah, like you didn't know. Like, just, yeah, ignorantly thinking. I'm like, what like, are you huh? talking about? She used to own your family, and he's like, yeah, her family owned a plantation, and her family owned my wow. family. So now I get everything free in here, uh-huh. and I'm thinking like, oh shit, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> is this yeah. really happening? My manager came in. I told her, hey, what's up? Like, this is what's going on right now. What am I supposed to do? She's like, oh, yeah, he comes in all the time. You can give him a couple free things. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like. Wow. Anyway, so I ended up quitting that job just like Jeremy quit the Blue Burger. I completely just walked out um, (laughs) after about seven, seven or eight months of being there I was literally the only brown person that worked for this lady and she treated me like shit I didn't get to get promoted even though I was the best decorator on their team and um, I made a couple of friends there and even they were saying you know that's it's it's weird how I guess I was being treated Um, she literally tried to get me to cancel my flight back here to the res because um one of my family members um had a cancer scare so i had to come back and she was like no you can't leave just very odd you know and i just told her like okay i'm leaving just cold on like, like no, I'm, no this emotion, is not just yeah this is i'm not i'm not gonna put up with this anymore so i left and then you know when i moved back to phoenix in the kitchen of course i had problems and you know that jeremy and i actually met in camelback uh at camelback or cbi um in 2015 right yeah 2015 um i just (laughs) uh camelback inn was a very unique place and with lots of lots of really good memories and a lot of shitty memories and yes also you know I I went through a lot of stuff there too with upper management and um, immediate supervisors and things so I'm not really going to get into that but yes discrimination racism again it happens in the kitchens and I've endured it pretty much in every kitchen that I've been to um so yeah wow all right so i have another question for you so let me ask you this how do you feel about like quote unquote traditional um food like on the reservation and preparing it now that you've moved back to the res um in regards to your culinary experience we were just talking about this and I really I really do believe that um, it's you learn so many techniques right you mm-hmm. learn techniques and different incorporating different types of spices incorporating different types of not just techniques but um, there's so many things that you can incorporate into your cooking and there's so many different ways you can create a recipe there's not just one so 
something as simple as what Jeremy was talking about earlier, Navajo tacos. You know, there's so many ways you can make them. But for some reason, um, people get super bent out of shape even when you mention Indian taco instead of Navajo taco. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I can't... I've had an Indian taco up north. It was made with bannock bread just the same it's the same thing as fry bread but it's made from um they call it bannock in different tribes okay like and i don't know if i'm saying it right bannock 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 Mm -hmm. i think but i've had an indian taco like that and it was it was perfectly fine like i said there's different ways to make different things it's just yeah so like opening up your mind to these different perspectives on food you know mm-hmm. yeah like um so like how would you feel or how do you think what do you think the challenges are um as a chef today that was that's navajo or you know any tribe right so i'm just gonna say um navajo for example and you learning getting all this culinary experience and then coming back and being like okay um let's try to reinvent the the navajo taco i don't know i'm just examples coming to mind is uh like street tacos but Mm -hmm. navajo style like with fry bread how do i feel about it like what do you think some of the challenges are like do you think okay or or like dumpling stew let's give dumpling stew for an example um like or like i've had backbone stew that's you know when i eat it not to be mean or anything it's still good but i have to season it meaning like put pepper okay salt okay but that's different though so you're talking about seasoning food i guess as opposed to changing food it's like okay so if you're talking about dumpling stew and mutton um (laughs) the only thing i can compare it to is like you trying to change the way an old Italian grandma makes lasagna. <laughs> you can't. True. That's a good example. You can't. Yeah. It's lasagna. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's how she makes it. That's how she likes it. She doesn't want to change it. And that's exactly how people feel about dumplings too. People don't want to change it. You try to put, you know, some good beef or, you know, a different type of cut yeah. in there. People are going to be like, what are you doing? Why yeah. are you using that? How come you're not using mutton? This is made with mutton. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. That's it's changing people's perspectives or you can't change a person's perspective, but you can show them a different perspective True. that might, you know, somehow influence theirs. That's yeah. all we can do. And I mean, how would you feel if somebody tried to reinvent Zumi bread? Oh, I'd be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I love Zuni bread. Don't mess with Zuni bread. <laughs> but, you know, on the subject of Zuni bread, that's one thing, you know, I wish I learned growing up when I was still in Zuni. Well, I had the opportunity right. to go outside right. and, you know, watch them make the dough and, you know, their starters or, mm-hmm. you know what? You know what I want to know? How many, like, like families have a starter if they use a starter? Oh, for like, like if they say and if they have it, and how old the oldest sourdough you know, starter that would be really cool. starter is in Zuni or Pueblo and Laguna Pueblo. That would be really Pueblos. cool to figure out. I uh, I think do you want to you awesome. want to explain to them what a starter is? A starter or? is literally what you need 
to help you make your bread. Um, people sourdough. use starters for sourdough, mm-hmm. which is what Zuni bread is. Yes. But Zuni bread is, it's like it's a, for life. <laughs> Zuni bread is life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Zuni bread is made in their ovens. Um, homemade, you know, they make it during the winter. So if you're ever around Zuni in the winter and you see every all the smoke in the air, it's not from a house fire. It's it's from, from Zuni, Zuni bread. <laughs> and if you can, go over there and ask someone if you can have Zuni bread or if you can pay them <laughs> for Zuni bread because when well, it's fresh, it's so good. It's so good. Yes. Really good. One of the best things on this earth. <laughs> but yeah, I, I honestly, you know, I, I think, especially now, you and I are I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we're learning that um, coming home and trying to show people something new is like a whole different monster than trying to create some crazy five-star dish. It's it is a little it's challenging. It is um, challenging, yeah. But I think I think um, I think we're we're chipping, you know getting some new I think so too. ideas out there or flavor profiles or you know at least inspiring people yeah, to try yeah. even something if that, different even if we can just do that that's yeah that's very I'll take that too right because you know, that's but yeah so um so we're coming to the end of our our recording for our first podcast yeah so. first episode next time i don't know what we'll be talking about but you know i think these kitchen stories and i think we know, can start a kitchen story segment. maybe I think to elaborate cool. some more on that that would be really cool you do like scary kitchen stories dramatic <laughs> stories funny we might have to stories. we might have to make it into like a two-part or three-part Man, series because be oh my gosh we have a lot of stories but yeah, so thank you guys for listening yeah, with thank us. You. Um, this is a start of many conversations, topics. It's really us just talking about other things that we've already talked yeah. about. But it's always really cool to bring it back up. So, or yeah, just or different perspectives and right. Yeah. So yeah, All just right. speaking our culinary mindset from from a native from native two native kids growing up here and coming back I well guess. yeah but yeah so thank you everyone for listening and yeah Have my name is jeremy day. my name yeah. is shelby and we will see you in the near future thank you bye, bye.